following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Happy Wednesday. I am your host, Kyle Rennie, joined as always by my co-host, Gary Holt. Uh, Gary, how's it going today? It's good. Uh, as we record, it's uh, pouring down rain, so hopefully if you're listening to this, it's a nice sunny day. Yeah, probably not. Uh, if you're in the western New York area, it's it's been pissing rain left and right, uh, but we further prosper through. We continue to talk football for you guys. Uh, today, the topic being the AFC North. Uh, but first, getting to a little bit of NFL news. Uh, not a whole bunch. Starting off, uh, 14-year veteran, I think, Ted Ginn retires this week. Uh, most recently with Chicago, maybe? No. I don't remember where Ted Ginn just recently played. He, was, he played everywhere. Yeah, he's kind of been all over the place. Um, let's see if I can get an update of where his most recent team was. Drafted by Miami. It was Chicago. Okay, I was correct with that. Uh, I knew it was in New Orleans, but I thought he stopped in Chicago. So, uh, a, a Dolphin, a 49er, kind of forgot about that period of his career. Uh, the Panthers, the Cardinals, the Panthers, the Saints, the Bears. I also forgot him about him with the Panthers both times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but retires after being drafted ninth overall to Miami in 2007. Long career for a guy who was predominantly a kick returner. Yeah, I mean, the kick returner, I mean, he, he had his, like, Time on offenses, but mostly a special teams guy. Most of the time, if he had times on offense, it was a long bomb, and yeah. he made the most of his opportunities. Um, defensive tackle Geno, Geno Atkins cleared for football activity, still a free agent, uh, starting to gauge what kind of interest he has off the market. Steelers sign edge rusher Melvin Gordon, former Charger, one-year, $4 million deal. Um, going to be probably a nice compliment there. I know everybody goes gaga over Bud Dupree, but I don't think it's going to matter who you line up opposite T.J. Watt. They're going to see single coverage and might be able to put some production up. Yeah, definitely a, a nice rotational guy to that D-line. Uh, Aaron Rodgers turns down a two-year extension earlier in the offseason, continuing to prove it's not about the money he wants out of Green Bay. He's disgruntled. Um, Cam Akers tears his Achilles today. Mm-hmm. And... In a non-training camp injury, was getting prepared and training for the regular season. Uh, really sucks, promising young player out of Florida State. Uh, really turned it on the back half of last year. Going to be interesting for fantasy purposes now. Daryl Henderson is the guy, but they brought some rookies in. They got some camp competition. I mean, Jake Funk's a guy you and I were very high on after watching his Yeah, he's a dark footage. horse. I mean, unless... They go out and grab a veteran like Lev Bell. Uh, so the rumor today was that they don't plan on bolstering. They they plan on going forward with what they've gotten. I mean, as of right now, Daryl Henderson, Jake Funk, Raymond Calais, and Xavier Jones is the depth chart. So Jake Funk really, I mean, that's a guy we, we highlighted during the draft season. 
he's a guy who never got to fully turn up at Maryland. He had two torn yeah. ACLs, which ACLs. isn't good, but two torn ACLs. When he was on the field, he was lightning. Though. Yeah, when he was on the field, he was quick. He was he was efficient. He was Strong slippery. Um, so maybe maybe that's it. Maybe you'll see him be the next breakout. Like, mm-hmm. okay, look what the Rams have. Defensive tackle Kawan Short cleared for football, kind of like uh, the former Geno Atkins here. Short a little bit uh, younger in his career. Everybody, I think, kind of forgets about him. They, I feel like most people equate him as a bust out of Carolina, but he had a three-year period where his his pass rushing was phenomenal. Let's see if I can pull up his stats real quick. Um, I was reading up a little bit on him earlier. I want to say it was from 2018. What do we got? Uh, 2015 to 2017, 11, six, and seven and a half sacks out of the out of the interior line position. Yeah. Uh, when healthy, really a disruptor. But it's funny; those were the three years that he played 16 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2018 played only 14. 2019 gets injured, only plays two games, and last year plays only three games. Um, so it, it's a guy that, given he's healthy, it's a team might be able to hit Pater. I mean, he's okay. He's thirty-two, but he's still younger than Geno Atkins. Right. I mean, you get him get him on a cheap deal, and if he's able to put up a solid few numbers for a year or two, and you're you're, you're winning on that deal. Yeah. Um, Saints are hosting former Saints linebacker Quan Alexander, former uh, I want to say Bucks linebacker as well, maybe, but. Looking looking to help out the linebacker position there. And Danny Amendola is still drawing interest on the free agent market. A 34-plus-year-old wide receiver. But that'll do it for the NFL News. Today we step into the AFC North. Uh, an intriguing division there. They'll start us off with uh, with Baltimore, huh? Yeah, I think it's one of our least favorite divisions. I mean... We neither of us are big Baltimore fans. I don't dislike Pittsburgh. I know you haven't gone to school there are not a fan of them. And I like Cincy, honestly. Cincy, yeah, I can deal with. I don't mind Cincy. I don't think we even want to talk about Cleveland, but we'll get there. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens starting us off first. Quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Trace McSorley, Tyler Huntley. Uh, I don't think you have to really worry about McSorley or Huntley. No, unless there's a catastrophic injury to Lamar. Um, but it's weird because none of those two backups are anywhere near kind of the similar build Lamar is. And so they would completely Robert Griffin, I believe, is still a free agent as well. Yeah, so, right. um, so if Lamar got hurt. It's a completely different offense. Um, but for better or worse, uh, I mean Lamar though they've got him listed as quarterback four. I mean you know my feelings on that. I'm not going to disrespect the man and say he's not a top ten quarterback in fantasy because no. he is. But I'm definitely not taking him hoping for top five. You took him last year, and yeah, you saw him. he didn't reciprocate top five stats. Yeah, I took him as a gamble last year, I think, in like the third. Yep. I don't like taking quarterbacks that high, but I'm like, okay, there's a former MVP sitting on the board. He's the reigning MVP, actually. I think it was the season yep. after. So maybe I'll take him hoping I can get a similar stat line, and it just wasn't It wasn't that. And um, they did get him a couple receivers this year, but the running game is not as strong. Uh, Ingram fell off. J.K. Dobbins is rising, but isn't what they thought he was going to be right now. And they got Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. So if they're trying to get Lamar to his full potential, they need a strong run game. Um, maybe he can shine in the passing game now, but we'll see what happens. So it's a little, for me, 
Um, I don't want to touch it right now. That's kind of unless for, he's for Lamar. Yeah, unless he's sitting there, kind of like in the sixth or something. See, somehow. That, that's the thing. If 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 I'm staring down the barrel and Lamar Jackson's on the board somehow at quarterback number eight. Yes. Yes, I'll gladly take him with the upside. Um, fact of being, I think there's a lot of people out there that still value Lamar for the running game aspect. And they're going to believe he's a top three quarterback, right. which I don't believe is a factor. It's the same as with what I've said about Josh Allen two weeks ago, knowing when to draft where you're not overvaluing a position to try to outsmart somebody else on, on mm-hmm. something like this. Uh, players late in the draft, okay. If you want to take a player around early, mm-hmm. that's a Brandon Ayuk or someone like that because yeah. you feel better and you know someone else hasn't targeted, that's one thing. If you're taking a quarterback in the third round, that's Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen to just say I've got him over somebody else. When you could get a guy like Tannehill or Matt Stafford who are in, still going to put up similar points. In the eighth points. or ninth yes. round, yes. Um, so Lamar Jackson, yes, he's a top ten quarterback. No, I'm not sold on taking him in the top three rounds. I'm not sold on taking any quarterback in the top three rounds. No, I just sometimes if you're feeling like you want to gamble, it's one of those things. Like in our leagues, Josh Allen's not going to be that high, but if Josh Allen's there in the third, and I know I won't get him past. Another and I already got maybe two solid receivers and two solid running backs. Maybe I might take a gamble at Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes in the third. Those are the guys that, if you're gonna take early, are okay to take early. But uh, it just depends on how you view your quarterbacks. And I don't, I don't like to take quarterbacks that early. But there's a time and place for it. I mean, a buddy of ours had a, a dynasty draft, a beginning dynasty draft this past weekend, and it's a super flex standard snake draft. And he got McCaffrey and Diggs in round one and two. And he ended up going Trevor Lawrence in round three. And it, it's a bit of a stretch. But at that point in time, I think he said something like 12 quarterbacks were off the board. And, like, Lamar was uh, was like a late first-round pick. Um, and I get that it's super flex. But when, you, when someone like him walks out of there with spending a third, a third, a seventh, and a tenth, and he had Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, and Carson Wentz. I think that's the guy that wins the draft. Yeah, He's got three guys. Wentz has potential. Jalen Hurts, you obviously, you and I both have talked about this. He's got the running ability. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick for a reason. Right. He has three guys to build around and was able to, and this is still wild to me, but able to go get Joe Mixon in the fifth. And he walked out of that draft with... Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon. I think people are scared of Joe Mixon right now just because of what happened last year. But I think I'd have higher view on him. I don't care about the injury last year. Stuff happens. The fact of it being now, he is the true standalone number one. Right. There is no more Giovanni Bernard there. Look at with a young quarterback, they know they want to throw the ball with. And Joe Burrow knows that he... The, everybody knows Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow got hurt too, but people aren't shying off of that. That line's going to only continue to grow. They've built around that line... You gotta think that Joe Mixon, yeah, it's a high ankle sprain. But Joe Mixon, the, you roll your ankle because you got hit hard. Yeah, that's very possible. I don't think it was a non-contact high ankle. I think he got hit pretty quick and rolled up. Mm-hmm. Um, running backs for Baltimore though: J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Patrick Ricard, uh, Tyson Williams, Ben Mason, Nate McCrary. See, this is kind of funny, and I want to actually make note of this. Um, I in the past might have considered going to Patrick Ricard as fantasy relevant in a deeper league because they do like to throw the fullback a lot. But number 194 on that list, Ben Mason, is also a fullback on that team. So they could be swapping fullbacks. That means that I guess Justice Hill might have some fantasy relevancy. 
Uh, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbin, I almost want to handcuff both of them. Dobbin never really took the ball and ran with the, the lead back spot last year. And Gus Edwards looks pretty good, and they put some money into that kid for this upcoming season. Gary, what do you think? Yeah, so, I mean, they like to kind of use everybody in the run game there because they know that's their strength. Um, Dobbins and Edwards will probably get the lion's share along with Lamar and then maybe sprinkle a little Justice Hill. But if I'm going to put my money into the running backs, I'm going to go with Dobbins probably is the number one, and then Gus Edwards is the change of pace. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I, I still don't, I, I think it's almost more of a 1A, 1B. I don't think it's right. like a, a true number one, right. I guess. Um, wide receivers, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins, Miles Boykin, Tylen Wallace, Devin Duvernay. Des Bryant is not on that team, although he's listed on the depth chart. Um... I mean, I, I, I will I will say I think the numbers are ranked here. I would fall in line with Marquise Hollywood Brown being forty three means he would be your fourth receiver on your mm. roster, if all is going well. And I don't know if it needs to be Hollywood Brown. I don't know if you want it to be Sammy Rashad or Hollywood. But if I'm throwing a dart at one of those three as my number four or five receiver, I'm comfortable with it. At some point, you got to hope that they're going to find a receiver they can throw the ball to and be successful with. Right. Um. So, for that value, yes, I think I'd be comfortable with it. Do I need one of them on my team? No. No. Um, it's tough because, like, Marquise Brown, um, they really weren't happy with how he played last year. I don't know if – I mean, it could be because Lamar – just him and Lamar just couldn't connect. But um, they were saying he doesn't know the routes or whatever. Um, so, I don't know if I would put my eggs in a basket on Marquise Brown – Bateman was a very talented receiver out of the draft. I don't really like where he fell on with the Ravens. Um, but if I'm going to put my money on any of the receivers, I think Bateman rises as the number one. And, and I think Bateman screams out the best chance of being a true boomer bust player. Right. Uh, tight ends here, Mark Andrew, Josh Oliver, Nick Boyle. Uh, Andrew's listed as four. I don't need him at four. I'm going to blatantly be honest here. Uh, he... He was not as productive as he's been in the past. Last year, he was very hit or miss. He'd either be a over twenty point guy, or he'd struggle to have two catches. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, he's uh, tight end six to eight. Mm-hmm. He's just outside of that top five. He's going to produce for you, but he's also going to frustrate the living hell out of you more weeks than not. Right. Um, so I mean, yeah. Recap. Lamar Jackson, I'm dropping from number four to more of a, I'm comfortable taking him six to eight if I have to. Yeah. I still don't want to. Uh, Dobbins and Edwards, I, I'm not going to say Dobbins isn't a, a top 15 running back. I'm not going to say he's not a number two running back because he is. Right. Um, Gus Edwards, see, I, I running back, I will say I agree. Both of these are correct because Gus Edwards here to be listed as a number four running back. I'm comfortable mm-hmm. with him as number four. Dobbins should perform as a number two. I like both of those spots. Uh, the receiver-wise, again, I don't need to buy on any of them. I might take a dart on one in the round 15, 16 of my, in a redraft. And Mark Andrews, uh, I'm personally selling. I don't even want any part of him. I bought way too high on him last year. Yeah. Um, actually, the only league I owned Mark Andrews in was one of those goofy keeper leagues where you get to keep him at the round you drafted them the year before. Mm-hmm. And we inherited the team. Mm-hmm. And we got Mark Andrews for a 15th round pick. Yeah. So, like, at that point, you kind of had to. Right. Um, but, it's like, us personally, we don't really have value a lot of the Ravens players very high. It's 
Ed an values. inconsistent offense. Yes, I'm not going right. to say... And by inconsistent, I'm not saying like... Fantasy-wise. Yes, I'm not saying that they're a bad offense. They are kind of what New England was for years. You could take three darts and throw them at New England players, and chances are that two touchdowns that happen don't come from those three players. Because they spread the ball out so well, and it's just it's maddening as, as a fantasy owner. Um, next team on the list, the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow and Brandon Allen. Uh, Joe Burrow is listed at 13, and I think that's the proper place to put him. I don't think I want to jump him into the top 12 in a standard 12-team league yet, but if I can get him as the number one elect to hope to bank on as a backup quarterback, that's where I want him. Yeah, I mean... we got to figure out where he comes back from the knee injury. Right. I, I'm a Joe Burrow owner, so I'm like confident that he'll be able to play well. He was playing at a very high level last season before the injury. Um and I'm not saying he won't, but I'm saying I'd rather make sure I have an emergency plan where if he ends up being where he was last year, I, I don't have to feel bad about benching the emergency right. plan for I, him. Right now, I value Joe Burrow as a, as a QB2 just because of the injury. But that's what I'm saying. That's where he had the, he's the top QB2, and I think right. I love that. Mm-hmm. I don't... I You could talk me and twist my arm into saying, yo, he's quarterback 12 to 9. He's back half quarterback 1. But I think I'd be more comfortable... Having him as my court, as my backup quarterback with a quarterback four to eight, mm-hmm. um, running back Joe Mixon, Samaje P. Ryan, Chris Evans, Travion Williams, Puka Williams Jr., and Jacques Patrick. Joe Mixon is running back twelve on here. I think that's underrated for him. I still think he can bounce back. I think he could be as high as running back six. I'm not going to go out of my mind here and be like, yeah, he's no running back three. Uh, but I think Joe or Joe Mixon easily can be a top six to nine running back. Mm-hmm. Samaj P. Ryan, I think, is going to tumble on this list. I think Chris Evans or Puka Williams are going to be the guy you're going to want to watch to use as a handcuff for Mixon this year. I agree. Um, I don't think Samaj P. Ryan does anything really at all that makes me excited. No, and when he had his time last year, he I know it was a poor offensive line. You but he still as, didn't really do yeah. much with it. And the thing is... He did nothing with it. Gio Bernard made the most of his opportunities right. before he got hurt. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory there. Run or Receiver, this is, this is the biggest headache in fantasy football. T. Higgins was phenomenal for you last year. Yeah, it was one of those... I took. I didn't really take a, a, a gamble, but I knew well, you did. Though you took him in like the fourteenth. We 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 being Clemson fans were confident in him. Yeah, right. But we you didn't know how they'd use him. We knew what kind of player he was, but like you said, we wouldn't weren't sure if he would click with Joe Burrow. Um, you add Jamar Chase, in and everybody's immediately slotting him as a number one receiver. Right. Because of I get it, the, the history. I understand it. <coughs> but is it going to be like one of those things where? Um, Joe, like, kind of like Odell with Cleveland. Is he going to be forcing the ball to a guy who's going to be double covered? You know what I mean? So, And that's it. Um, because I, it almost feels like he's going to be crying out, hey, come on, Joe, get me the get ball. Me the ball yeah. um, and, I mean, you've got guys on this roster still. Tyler Boyd should command attention. Tyler Boyd should get catches. Um, the three-man dynamic, really, I mean, I, not that you had to worry about it in the past, but I don't think Auden Tate, Mike Thomas, or Trent Taylor mean anything fantasy-wise at this point. No, I mean, if you got Chase and Boyd on the outside and then Higgins in the slot, I think you're very... I think the one thing I will say here, and they are listed as it, 
but I think I would more happily put Higgins Chase Boyd as my receiver four on my roster than my receiver three, mm-hmm. where if I screw up and pick the wrong one, it's not going to be as detrimental to my roster. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we know Higgins is good. We knew we know they spread the ball around. T. Higgins was phenomenal last year. Yeah. I would like to see him get a little more targets because oftentimes his stat line was like a four for 92 in touchdown. Yeah, right. It was a little um, spotty. But... They all three are talented. The biggest headache is going to be this offseason figuring out who falls where on the depth chart. Um, this is one I really like to talk about, actually. Tight end here. CJ Uzuma. Do you know what he was on pace for last year before he tore his Achilles in week two? I do not. He would have been on pace for 66 catches, 650 yards, and eight touchdowns on the season as a tight end. And, and that's... People really don't know who he is right That's now. That's it. That's <laughs> top eight fantasy numbers, and that was two games into Joe Burrow's career. Yeah. That's a guy who Burrow was really utilizing and figuring out. Ozuma's always had the high potential upside and just never been able to lock it in. Um, he's a big body, or big body tight end. Drew Sample's 6'7 and cannot lock that in. And, I mean, Thad Moss is like the, the sleeper pick here. But C.J. Ozuma, ranked 44 right now. I could find a cause to put him at 24 and legitimately have him as a backup tight end on my roster. Yeah, he's definitely, like, he's one of their only targets at tight end, so. One of their only targets and a guy who was being targeted. I threw, through two weeks last year, he had eight catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, you break that down, that's fantasy point-wise, 22 points in two games. It's 11 points a week. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're getting a tight end putting up double digits, that's... You're, you're winning. That's it. It's That's my thing. If you have a tight end putting double digits up, you should be confident in that. Mm-hmm. And if that's his average was 11 points in two weeks in a, mm-hmm. in a PPR league, CJ Ozuma might be your guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all in all, though, going back over Cincy, like we discussed, Joe Burrow, high on the upside. Prefer him as a backup quarterback for now. Uh, Joe Mixon, draft accordingly as your number one running running back if you're late in the round. Yeah. If for some reason you got a top running back and you're coming back around in the swap and he's there, jump it. Mm-hmm. You could have two top ten running backs this year if you can get him mm-hmm. in the second. Uh, Higgins, Chase Boyd, a shit shoot if we're being as fair as we can when we say that. Um but you kind of got to just take your dart if you're going to insist on having one. And it's not bad to have one of those, especially if you have Burrow. Right. You get the bonus points. And C.J. Ozuma, somebody worth monitoring for your backup tight end list. Uh, Cleveland, Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, Kyler Luletta. Kyle Luletta. Uh Baker is exactly probably where I'd put him. Back half backup quarterback. Yeah. I don't want his name associated as a starter. And I know so many years recently it has where people are like, no, no, this is the year he breaks out. Let's take him at face value for for what he is. Yeah, he's a serviceable to good quarterback. He's never going to be great. His ability to move if he needs to out of the pocket helps him with some scrambles sometimes. And the offense runs very well. But they've realized the offense runs well on the ground with Nick Chubb and yeah. They when they have a strong run game um, and they can mix it up in the pass game. That's when it it's at its strongest. And that's the thing. If you even notice when Baker puts up big fantasy games. It might be four touchdowns, mm-hmm. but it's still only like 200, 250 yards. Yeah, right. It's never like he's lighting the world on fire. Um, so he's he's a spot start for me. Mm-hmm. If you've got him and you need him, 
start him accordingly. Yep. Um, but I don't. I don't have to talk about the other two. I don't think he's been pretty healthy through his career. Uh, running back wise, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, to Ernest Johnson, Andy Geno- or Genovich. This is ooh, that's intriguing. Uh, Trey Harbison, John Kelly. You you went to school with John Kelly. Johnny oh, Stanton. Uh, Chubb and Hunt. See, this is the most controversial thing on this list to me. Chubb and Hunt, 7 and 23. I'm more comfortable with Chubb and Hunt, like 15 and 16. They're, they, they as long it. as they both exist, they're mm-hmm. both number two running backs to me. Right. When one goes down, the other becomes a running back one. Right, and if you own one, you better own the other. Yes, and that's the toughest thing about it because... Hunt, last year at least, people were like, oh, maybe he won't bounce back and people can get him in the fifth or sixth. Mm-hmm. This year, Hunt's on the radar in, like, the fourth. Mm-hmm. So, like, like... A friend of ours does that in every league he'll take him. Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, I'm not happy to say I scooped up Hunt in a dynasty, but the surroundings of the trade made it kind of where I felt like I had to. Mm-hmm. Anytime we get Kareem Hunt and a potential number one running back or receiver out of Kenny Galladay... For Rashad Penny and Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do that trade ten out of ten times. Yeah, um, but Chubb is a great running back. Kareem Hunt is a great running back. When they're together, meh. wide receivers: Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Rashad Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, Demetric Felton. Uh, Demetric Felton's intriguing to me to be on this list. Felton's a guy I could see breaking out midway through the season when they find out how to utilize him as a running back or a wide receiver. Rashad Higgins has some fantasy need, but I don't necessarily need him right now. Uh, Jarvis Landry should be at that 25 spot where Odell is, and Odell should be in the 50s. I don't want Odell as even a top four running or receiver on my list. No, I, I dumped Odell last year just You because, did for a third. And I turned that third into um, a couple other things. So I, I'm not high on Odell, especially if, he plays anywhere near like they were playing. Um, but no, Jarvis will see targets. I'd put Jarvis as a as a high end third wide receiver, a flex start for mm-hmm. sure. Um, Odell should be like a fourth to fifth receiver. Tight ends. This is very intriguing as well. One of these three will not be on this roster come opening day. I would think Austin Hooper, David Njoku. Harrison Bryant, Ojoku's talked about wanting to be traded. Harrison Bryant, when Ojoku went down, broke out and had some nice games. He was a mm-hmm. former fourth-round pick. And Austin Hooper was the man who was paid quite a bit of money for this team. Yeah. Um, I don't know which one they'll utilize, but they have three talented tight ends. Hooper was hit and mi- hit or miss. Like, he had some big games. But and he was... didn't he get dinged up, though, power through? I think so. And then there was some games where he just didn't show up. Um, but it's also because there's so much. But that's it. The games that he didn't show up. Harrison Bryant was the target in the right. end zone. When they get in the red zone, they like to utilize the tight end. And for that reason, whoever ends up winning this job or whoever really runs away with it, you should have a target on fantasy. Yeah. But to finish that, Baker, backup quarterback at best. Yeah. Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt, comfortably running back two. If you're that rock hard on him, you better try to grab the second as, as your handcuff. Yeah. Um, wide receivers swap Landry and Beckham. Beckham doesn't need to be on my roster at any given point. If he's there later, I'll maybe just take a shot at it. But as an upside potential, especially if he gets traded. Mm-hmm. But as of right now with Cleveland, I don't need him. Uh, he's and, only kind of digressed since he left uh, New York. Mm-hmm. And I mean, tight end. 
completely spot start depending on who ends up as the starter there. And to finish out this episode, we go to Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's slowly but surely building that line that we hated. Yeah. Uh, Quarterback-wise, Ben Roethlisberger, Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph. Uh, at any point in time, Haskins or Rudolph could have fantasy potential. Right. But obviously not out of the draft unless something happens horrendous in training camp. I'm going to go out on a whim, and I know you hate me when I say this. Uh, I've got Ben as a high-end backup quarterback, especially this year with the news circulating that he's on a stricter diet than Brady and he's in better shape than he's been in his entire career. Yeah, I mean, every time I take Ben, he sucks. So I'm, I don't, he's one of, he's on my like, do not do draft not, list. Do not draft list. So personally, I don't want to take him, but like, if he's a high end backup or maybe you're lower end backup, it, it's not a bad option if you have a, a solid quarterback. Um, but I personally don't like to touch Ben. Um, Right now, I don't like to take too many older quarterbacks. Fair enough. I, I'm not saying that I want him as, as my number one. Not even close to it. But I'm comfortable as, as a backup quarterback to be able to flex him in and mm-hmm. play schedules with him. Uh, running back, Najee Harris comes in at 14. I'm seeing him drafted as a number one uh, running back. <sighs> Until I know how that line's going to perform, I think I'm comfortable with him being a number two running back, which is what they've got him graded mm-hmm. as. I'd rather have him as my second option. Too many teams fell into this trap last year where they went... With Hilaire? Yes. All in. Clyde Edwards is my guy. He's going to be the steal. And I'm not saying that Najee Harris won't outperform Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Right. But you're always going to have that team that's going to bank on it and fall flat. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be the team that can snatch him as my number two than have to be concerned that he's my number one. Right. Uh, Benny Snell Jr., Anthony McFarlane, Kalen Balage. That is the biggest jumbled mess of... Three realistically talented running backs who no one knows who's going to get the number two carries there. Mm-hmm. Uh, until that shakes out in camp, avoid it. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, and James Washington will throw in there as well. Uh, I could see Smith-Schuster sliding off this year. A little bit. He's yeah. on a one-year deal. I think at least the beginning part of the year, uh, he's going to get humbled. But I also think opposing corners want to humble him because he didn't stop running his mouth last year. Right. Uh, Deontay Johnson, a guy who had a lot of drop problems last year, but his consistent win rate against defenders was phenomenal. I think Deontay Johnson's got the high... He's definitely a high wide receiver three. I think if you can get him as a low wide receiver two, it might not be the worst thing in the world. Uh, Chase Claypool's very touchdown dependent, mm-hmm. but his he was also winning routes very well last yeah, year. They, they just stopped throwing to him at some point. And I mean, what's funny is the, the game that made, him, that made or break him I want to say two of his three touchdowns that game were rushing touchdowns. Yeah, they might So, be. like, it's not even like he was catching and they don't go on his, his receiving category. Uh, tight ends here. Eric Ebron's still listed as number one tight end on this roster uh, and the 25th option. Pat Freemuth at number two. Pat Freemuth, to me, is a emergency backup tight end option. Right. Because I don't see Eric Ebron being the guy to win battles in Pittsburgh. And I think that Pat Freemuth can take this job quick. And Ebron's one of the biggest hit-or-miss guys. Oh, he's got stone hands, and then he's got the best hands in the league. Mm-hmm. There's there's no in-between there. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. But to run down again, Roethlisberger doesn't need to be a starter. Uh, shouldn't be. Shouldn't it's, Yeah, if you're drafting Roethlisberger as a starter, calm down, Frank. Um, if... 
If if and maybe it's one of those situations where there's I'd like, almost be happy. There's like a Frank out somewhere in Idaho listening to this. Like, what do I do? <laughs> Calm down, Frank from Idaho. Um, I'd almost be happy if if I'm somebody and it's a deep deep league, and I've got like Trevor Lawrence as my number two quarterback, mm-hmm. taking Roethlisberger as a third option just to really juggle matchups. Right. Uh, Najee Harris listed as a running back to comfortable with him as a running back to avoid any of the backups for now. Deontay Johnson, high on him, draft him, especially if he's if he's there as your third receiver and flex player. Love it. He's a Pittsburgh fan, you just gotta hope that it's not I mean as a fantasy player too. Last year it was a throwing a dartboard who's gonna be throwing getting all the touches this week. Or Down the back stretch stretch of the season though, Deontay got thrown to a lot. He yeah. just couldn't catch it. Couldn't make the best of it. Um Chase Claypool's a guy again I don't hate as your third. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think I'm more comfortable with a fourth to fifth for the reason of his numbers did drop off last year. And Ebron and Freemuth, not exactly fantasy relevant right now. Uh, somebody might be worth it down the stretch. But Gary, I think that's it for the AFC North. Uh, tune in on Friday. We'll cover the NFC North, and then we'll go camping for the weekend. Yeah, we're going camping. So, Gary, anything else you want to say to the fans? No. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we're going to keep doing all this research for you and hopefully everything that we're talking about will at least help you out absolutely guys uh well we thank you guys for listening in as often as you do for jumping on and helping us out uh and helping our numbers be phenomenal we look forward to being able to talk to you guys even more so soon uh shout out our friends from jersey we found out have been looking forward to our live fantasy that's right if you're listening to this and you've got stardom sinems Sunday mornings during the season, we will be live on Twitch, on Facebook, covering at least 30 to 45 minutes worth of Stardom Sidham and lineup questions. And last year we had like a 85% success ratio, which is pretty good to bolster. Yeah. Uh, But no, even if you just want to jump on, say hi, ask us what we think about some of these games coming up this year, we'll we'll run down injuries. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're here for you guys. So as we're nearing the football season, we thank you again. But until next time. You keep on looking for those fantasy beasts? I'll show you exactly where to find them. Ciao, guys.